I suppose this is me then. <laughs> um, I'm JJ Bonford. Um, I've met some of you before. I, I did bring my family last time I came. I'll, I'll show you a picture. Here you go. That's my wife. Um, well, there you go. Suna um, and our two beautiful children. Well, there you go. Well, Ruben and Ivy. Uh, Ruben's four and Ivy's one. Uh, so um, we're definitely not feeling isolated um, and that's lots of fun and it's lovely to be with you guys this morning. Um, I've known Nate for some years now and just a, a blessing to be able to uh, come along at this time and, and um, yeah, to have, a, have the privilege of, of speaking. Um, I just want to flag a few things at the, at the beginning. One is at the end, I'm, I'm going to share a song with you. So stick, so stick, stick in there um, through thick and thick and thin. And, um, and secondly, um, I will be covering a bit of heavy material just in terms of um, looking at Jesus' death and just going through the biblical details of that. But just, just so you're aware, particularly for young children and things that, yeah, I'll be going, I'll be reading what the Bible says and talking about it essentially, but just to flag that with the parents, just so you're aware. Okay, well, let me come to my script. Hopefully you can still see me um, and hear me okay. Just come in and chime in if, if you can't. Um, I'm just, yeah, thankful for the opportunity to connect. Um, I don't, um, you know, I've, I haven't preached, thankfully I haven't preached over Zoom too many times. <laughs> we, do a, we do a live thing, so I get to still go to the church and feels a little normaler, a little more normal. Um, but I, I prepared a prayer for this morning as we open up God's word together. So um, let me pray um, for myself, for us. Um, let me pray. Father, I do thank you that we can gather together, uh, even if it's not uh, in the way that we would most like to, to do that. Um, thank you for providing this technology, um, as we've been reminded this morning, uh, that allows us to connect, even though it kind of tires us out as well, uh, as we do it week after week, uh, day after day. I ask you this morning that you might bless uh, the technology to work well. Um, people could hear and understand each other. Um, and that we could, um, yeah, just have that have free communication, even as, as if we were in person. Father, we thank you so much supremely again this morning for the gift of your son, our Lord Jesus, given for us uh, to make us even your dearly loved and precious children. Lord Jesus, apart from you, in truth, uh, we can do nothing. We've been reminded this morning of that, that nothing of eternal value or worth uh, nothing of, of any lasting fruit can be accomplished apart from you. And so we pray together uh, in, in desperate and utter essential need of you, Lord Jesus, to come now and to abide in us, uh, to remain in us, to continue with us. Um, we thank you so much for the provision of your Holy Spirit to make this very thing possible, even right now, even over this technology. Uh, so, we, so we pray together, come Holy Spirit, teach us, lead us, rebuke us, correct us and train us in righteousness that the Father, our Father in heaven, that the Son, our precious Lord Jesus might be lifted high in our hearts, all our hearts this morning, in our thoughts, in our actions. As we go into this week, we, we pray that all these things might bear fruit to you, our Father's glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I'll try this. Um, I've got two cups this morning. Uh, you can see um, suffering on the one hand and joy on the other hand. 
that's about all the um, the uh, um, uh, things I'll, I'll use. Um, I, I wonder though if I, if I offer these to you, um, which one would you which one would you like to take? Um, suffering? Would you have suffering, uh, or would you have joy? Um, if only it were that simple, right? If only we could have those options um, laid out before us and simply choose. The reality is, though, of course, we know uh, that our world is filled with both joy and suffering, um, suffering, hardship, trouble, and joy, on the other hand, gladness. And, and for us as God's people, especially, we're talking about a deep-rooted happiness of the soul that our circumstance does not destroy, cannot destroy. Uh, and, and for Jesus, these two things uh, were prominent parts of his life, um, uh, joy and suffering. Uh, and so I want to spend a little bit of time thinking about these two aspects together this morning um, as we consider especially the Lord Jesus' example of suffering well. Um, what does it mean to suffer, to endure suffering? Um, so let's take suffering first. We'll spend the bulk of our time here. Um, and if you have a Bible handy, that will be great um, because we'll be looking at a few scriptures. Um, but let's take suffering first. As I said, we'll spend the majority of the time here. So don't lose heart. If you feel like we're spending a lot of time on suffering, uh, we'll, we'll come to joy and hopefully it's worth the wait. And as I said, just a note of warning uh, that we will be talking about Christ's suffering and, and the descriptions of that. That Jesus suffered is probably not a new thought for any of us. Um, in fact, probably for anyone who knows anything about Jesus and his life, uh, that he suffered is not uh, something uh, noteworthy, I suppose. It's, it's an obvious statement. But of course, Jesus is famous for it. Um, he, he's famous for his suffering and death um, and his supposed, as the world would put it, his supposed resurrection from the dead. Uh, so Jesus' life, his teachings, but especially his suffering and his death are significant for us. And of course, his death is especially significant for us, his people, not to mention his resurrection. His death is significant also as we think more broadly about his suffering. Jesus' life certainly contained much suffering, as we said, in, in the human sense of, of difficulty and, and hardship and even as he went against the grain, right? He went against the norms, the traditions of his society. And, and Jesus suffered much for this, very much. He experienced much rejection in, in the course of his life, as we see in the Gospels. Um, suffering in the New Testament has the basic idea of trouble that inflicts distress, oppression, affliction, tribulation, or the very connected close idea of the inward experience of distress, affliction, trouble. Uh, but this morning, I want to focus particularly on suffering that Jesus faced, in especially in light of his death. So that's what we're focusing on, the, the suffering he faced, especially in light of his death or surrounding his death, the suffering surrounding his actual death. And there are two aspects I want to bring out in this suffering, this physical suffering of Christ. Firstly, it is the, the, rather the two aspects are firstly the physical and secondly the spiritual. So, firstly, the, the physical aspect. So, if you turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew 27, if you have a Bible handy, Matthew 27, and I'm reading from verse 24, Matthew 27, verse 24. 
So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a, per- a scarlet robe on him and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. It can be easy, can't it, um, for us to simply read these words, to reread them, uh, which for many of us, I'm sure for many of us here, uh, we've read these words um, in, in the Gospels many times, maybe, maybe many, many times. Uh, but the physical suffering of our Lord Jesus was so severe, wasn't it? We're told that, that Jesus was, was scourged, uh, and this was a punishment that consisted of a severe beating with a multi-lashed whip containing embedded pieces of bone and metal. Um, he, he, he was whipped with this uh, and, and shredded. Uh, following this, Jesus is, is stripped of his clothes. He, he's humiliated, and, and then he's put in, in a scarlet robe. A crown of thorns is, is put on his head and, and a reed is in his right hand. He's mocked as if he is a king. And the deep irony, of, of course, for us reading this, taking this in, is that he's not just a king. This is the king of kings. This is the ruler of all people. This is the maker. The soldiers kneel before him and mock him. Hail, king of the Jews. They spit on him and then take the reed and strike him on the head, his head that has the crown of thorns. We're told that this is somewhere between 120 to 200 soldiers gathered here. This is is a spectacle. This is a a, a violent mob. This is a a beating. This is awful. And the callous nature of this cruelty is, is quite incredible when you take in the event especially since Pilate had said over and over again that he found him innocent, washes his hands, and then gives him over to this brutality. This is no criminal that the Romans are beating here to a bloody pulp. This is Christ of God, his beloved, his chosen one, even the very son of God, God the Son, And when they had mocked him, we're told they stripped him of this robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. The physical pain here is great, not to mention even the mental, the psychological, and so on pain. There is such shame here that Jesus is enduring, the shame of the cross, scorn, ridicule, And a little later on, when Jesus is on the cross, we read there in Matthew 27, if we go down a few verses to 39, Matthew 27, 
verse 39, and those who passed by derided or, or ridiculed him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. Just a quick side note, if you if you read Psalm 22 alongside those verses we've just read, it is quite incredible how um, how how closely this fulfills that prophecy. Jesus is so shamed here in these events, isn't he? Beaten, mocked, spit upon. And, and this after all he has been, after he's just been rather abandoned by all of his 12 disciples. They all left him and fled, we're told. Even the one with the loudest cries that said he would not deny him, he would go to his death. He was the very one who most loudly proclaimed that he did not know him, even three times. Abandoned by his closest friends and so much more could be said about Jesus' physical, mental, emotional suffering, so much more. But just for a moment, let's think together about the spiritual suffering that Jesus endured. Turning back then to just before Jesus' arrest, if you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 22, Luke 22, so this is before Jesus is arrested. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. And there in Luke 22, verse 39, we read, and he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Why is our dear Lord Jesus in such agony here, brothers and sisters? He's even strengthened by an angel sent from heaven. His sweat is like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And, and actually, there is a very rare medical condition called hemodetrosis, um, where, where someone literally sweats drops of blood. Um, you, can, you can read it later if, you, if you'd like. Little's known about this, but for example, Leonardo da Vinci wrote about soldiers sweating blood before battle. It seems that when someone feels such intense fear or stress in these rare instances, that the flight or fight response can, can trigger and rupture uh, the rupture of capillaries in the body, and, and the person even sweats blood commonly on the face or the forehead. What, what is causing our, our dear Lord Jesus such incredible agony, friends? In Matthew's account of this, we're told that Jesus said, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. 
he's sorrowful to death. Surely it's not the thought only for Jesus of his physical suffering and death that's causing him such heartache. I don't want to minimize that at all, but others have faced death and, and not been in such agony, even have been at peace. You think of our brother Stephen, who's being stoned there early on in, in the book of Acts, stoned to death, and he, 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 the picture is one of, of peacefulness. So what is causing our Lord Jesus such deep sorrow and agony, even unto death? Well, Jesus tells us, doesn't he, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This cup here broadly refers to all of Jesus' suffering, the suffering that he would face. So the physical and the spiritual, all his suffering. But in the Old Testament, we have this often repeated idea of the cup of God's wrath, and that is his righteous and just anger and punishment against sins, that which sins deserve. That's that which we would expect a just and righteous judge would pay out for crimes committed. That which our sins deserve, eternal separation from God and everything good. And Jesus was about to bear this on the cross for us. He was about to be made sin who had no sin, as the scripture says. He was about to bear our sins in his body on the tree, as the scripture says. Jesus, in the words of Psalm 22, would become at that very moment on the cross as the sin bearer, he would become the God forsaken one, even the God forsaken son. And in the words of Isaiah 53, he would be pierced for our transgressions. He would be crushed for our iniquities. Upon Jesus would be placed the punishment that brings us peace with God, friendship with God so that God's justice is upheld and his mercy can be extended rightly to all who trust in Jesus' death to cover their evil doing. By his wounds we are healed, it says. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord has laid on Christ, we can say, all our evil. Let me pause here. It's quite a lot to take. And just allow you to thank God for this, just in this moment. Just to praise your God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to praise him in your hearts. The God from all eternity, this holy, righteous, good, loving, merciful God, He made a plan. He made a way to rescue sinners like me, like you. God, the son, put put his hand up, if you like the image. He, He put his hand up and he gave himself fully and willingly. He laid his life down. No one takes it from me, Jesus says. He took your punishment. He took my punishment for my crimes. Incredible love, immeasurable love, wonderful beyond even words. There is no love like his love, dear friends. 
But this is only just a glimpse into the suffering of Christ. We could speak week after week of its height and depth and length and breadth. Just a glimpse. But I do want to close our time this morning, not in a picture of the sufferings of Christ, uh, but what, with what I think is such a beautiful connection with the sufferings, and that is Christ's deep-rooted joy. So turn in your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. No doubt a familiar verse for many of us. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all those who have gone before in faith with faith in God, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Brothers and sisters, friends, Jesus suffered like no one else. That is true. Not because the cross was necessarily the worst of deaths ever or because Jesus' physical death was physically the worst death ever. I don't think that that is the case or especially the point, but rather that Jesus' death was different in that he was completely and perfectly innocent. He was the Holy One of God given for sinners, the unholy. He died a criminal's death. He was shamed, abused, mocked, and ridiculed, even as the worst of criminals. And supremely, because Jesus died bearing the punishment of the guilty ones. Bearing our sin, taking our place for our crimes against the holy God. He faced, Jesus faced, the righteous and just punishment of God for our crimes. This is what made him sweat drops of blood in the garden, knowing he would face God in the sinner's place. Yes, willingly. Yes, laying his life down. Yes, in agreement to the eternal plan of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. But nevertheless, to face it, he would be God forsaken. How could he face such utter suffering? How could he face such agony and such sorrow? To even be in that moment forsaken by God, to be made sin for us. Well, we're told, aren't we here? We're told so beautifully for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Not for the duty, for the joy. It was joy. It was joy in Jesus' heart that allowed him to endure the suffering. So surely our next question is, has to be then, 
well, what was Jesus' joy here? What was, what was the joy set before him? Well, we're not told specifically here, but I think from the New Testament we can, we can say at least three things. Firstly, and supremely, I think it's always supreme, it, it, was, it, was, his jo- it was Jesus' joy in his Father. It was joy in the Father. Jesus, the Son of God, his, his eternal delight was in his Father is in his father. He, he said that he did everything to please his father. He said that he, he came to do his will. The eternal community, the unbroken unity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so Jesus endured with joy, with deep and unwavering delight in his father, even when paradoxically he cried, Father, please take this cup from me. Fully man fully God. He endured for the joy set before him, joy in his father, delight, gladness in his father, obedience from joy. Secondly, joy in his people. (laughs) The eternal commitment, the, the, the agreement of God to send God the Son to bring many sons and daughters to glory, to make a way for us, the lost sheep of God, to come home Joy in you, his sheep. The Father's joy in us, his children. And thirdly, joy in his glory, in his reward. He was rightly to be given the name above every name, Philippians 2. And being found in him in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him, given to him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isaiah 53 talks about God, uh, the God-given suffering servant who bore the sin of many and who makes intercession for the transgressions. It speaks about this one, this one who would come being given a portion with the many and dividing the spoil, his great reward for his suffering. So much more could be said this morning, but but as we we close our time uh, in this section, I just... I just simply want to close with this thought. Suffering abounds. I, I, I don't need to press on that. I don't think I need to say much at all. Suffering abounds in our lives. Hardship, trouble, whether for following Christ specifically or, or for living in this fallen and broken world, suffering abounds in our lives. It has and it will. So what is the joy Brothers and sisters, what is the joy set before you to endure it? What is the joy that is set before you to endure it? Jesus did not simply put his head down and plow on. She'll be right, mate. You know, I got this. Just got to get through. No, he considered, he, 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 he had joy set before him to endure he, he walked by the power of the Spirit in the joy of the Lord, his strength. So what is the joy set before you, friends?
Is it to simply just get through the illness that you're facing? To simply just get through to the other side of the problem in your life? Is is it simply the hope that one day that relationship, that problem will mend itself or that that suffering or that this time of lockdown will will, will cease? That is not what what God, our our Lord Jesus, through his suffering. That's not how he did it. (laughs) If we want to walk in his footsteps, it was joy. It was delight. Supremely, it was gladness in his father. It was for everything that he would accomplish, that he would gain on the other side of this obedience, of this pain, of this suffering. Glory to his father. Glory to his people. Glory for his name. And I'm convinced, brothers and sisters, and this has been a wonderful uh, picture for me here in Hebrews. It's been a beautiful picture for me in my life that, that, that sometimes we think of the Christian life mostly as duty or obedience. And yes, it is both of those things. But for Jesus, it was supremely joy. It was supremely obedience because of joy. Joy was the deep root. And I'm convinced, brothers and sisters, that unless it is the joy of the Lord that is our strength, unless our hearts seek to delight themselves in, to to find rest in, uh, deep-rooted joy in our Lord Jesus, in our Father, in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, I'm convinced that our human endurance will just wane. It will ultimately fail unless it is it is him who sustains his work, his joy, his strength, because he's the good shepherd, because he's our soul's delight. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I'm sure that there's many different feelings this morning. I'm sure that there, there's people who right now are feeling the joy of the Lord. I'm sure there's people who right now are feeling great discouragement and difficulty and, 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 and the essence of suffering and pain. Set him before you. Set Christ before you. Let him be your soul's joy and delight. The psalmist says in Psalm 43, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I'll go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. Where does your exceeding joy lie? Brothers and sisters, come back this morning with me. Come back to your first love. Come back to Jesus, your exceeding joy. Come back to Christ, who is your life. Let me pray for us um, before I lead us in a song. Father, we, we bless you this morning, who gives us counsel In the night and in the morning, may we, by grace, through the work of your Holy Spirit, Father, may we be those who set the Lord always before us. May it be you, dear Lord Jesus, you who suffered so much for us, for our sakes. May you be our exceeding joy. That we may endure our suffering not discouraged and faint-hearted, but looking to you. 
the troubles, the, the trials that we face. May we endure because the joy of the Lord is our strength, because you are at our right hand, and so we cannot be shaken. Therefore, our hearts rejoice this morning. They're glad in you. Our whole being rejoices. Our flesh also dwells secure in you, for you will never abandon our souls to the grave. You will never let those who love you, Lord Jesus, see eternal corruption. But in you, Jesus, Father, you have made known to us in Christ the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so we praise you for Christ who is our life. And we ask you, Father, to set his joy, even his joy, his delight in us this morning that we may endure bearing fruit by the Holy Spirit to your glory, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I wanted to share a song that I wrote earlier this year um, with you. Um, and uh, basically, it's a song that this, what we've been speaking about this morning, as I was going over it yesterday, I just thought this song is so fitting. Um, but it's been a prayer for me. It's been, it's a, been a prayer of mine. And so I'm actually just going to come back for a second here and I'll just put it in the chat, just the lyrics. If, if you want to read it, um, there we go. Uh, it's in the chat, but I'll, I'll play that for us. And um, yeah, and maybe, maybe it's a prayer for you as you read over the lyrics, as you listen, um, you're welcome to sing along. Um, but just, just a prayer for us, to, for God to fix our eyes on Jesus, for him to be our joy. Um, let me lead us in. I so quickly turned to me So disappointed with what I see I'm joyless, I'm fruitless without thee God of mine never meant to be Cause you're my life, my everything Apart from you, I can do nothing You're my life, you're my joy You're my only
work in me that I might praise your name turning to you and your power to save me walking by the Spirit for the glory guys and i'll just um hand it back to to whoever now and um but thank you for allowing me to speak this morning i appreciate that